It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm Jake Lisko, one of your hosts, along with James Rapine, the other one of your hosts. You can find us on Twitter at Jake underscore NFL and at James Rapine. Follow us individually on Twitter and follow the podcast at Locked On Bengals for your daily updates on what's going on with the Cincinnati Bengals. The Cincinnati Bengals open practice up to the media for the first time this summer. And that means our own James Rapine was there with an eyewitness report and account of what happened in Monday's practice a day before they don pads for the first time and go full contact on Tuesday. We'll get started by updating you on the significant news items from the day. That includes an AJ Green scare, a more significant injury, most likely to Rennell Wren, and we're awaiting word on what exactly happened there. And an unfortunate waiver of a player who just can't seem to catch a break in Rodney Anderson. After that, we'll talk about our first impressions of Joe Burrow. And by all accounts, he had a really nice day in the first day open to the media. Then we'll get to the rest of the notes because there's a lot to talk about. But Joe Burrow will surely dominate the conversation for really any observer of Bengals training camp this year. Let's get started, though, with what happened to A.J. Green, Rennell Wren, and Rodney Anderson. And James, you were there. You got a great video, one of the only videos and only photos that I saw today of what was going on with A.J. Green after he looked like he tweaked a hamstring a little bit. The account that I heard is that he he hurt the hamstring in a 7-on-7, went off to the side, started running, tried to do some cutting to see how it felt, and then Zach Taylor shut him down for the day mostly as a precautionary measure. A lot of that is it rings true, at least based on what I saw and, and heard. Uh, I do believe it was 11 on 11, but that's neither here nor there. It doesn't matter. Uh, he was going up to catch a pass, caught a pass, came down. Um, I, I don't even want to say awkwardly, but came up gingerly. And you could tell he was thought it was minor at first, did a little stretch. Then he did a jump cut. Then he ran back and forth a bit. And then it, it, it probably started to get a little tighter on him, you know, as the injury happens. And he called someone over, and I assume it was a trainer, to, to stretch out that hamstring. He laid on the ground, and that was one of the videos I posted. And it's – look, it's scary when 18 gets tweaked, dinged up at all. Uh, I don't think this is a, a serious thing by any stretch. But I do know that hamstrings linger. <laughs> that That is, is very certain. So – it's going to be interesting to see if A.J. Green does anything else this week 
during the during practice if he's available for Friday's scrimmage. I had multiple media members, and I'm serious about this. I'm not going to name names, but they turned to me and they said, why even play him until the season? Keep that guy in bubble wrap. And while I disagree with that, and they were clearly being a little facetious, the goal needs to be week one. So I, I wouldn't be shocked at all if we don't see him out there on Friday for the scrimmage. I think that 100%, if he's not feeling 100%, there's absolutely no reason to push it. In a regular season situation, I bet you he's playing. No questions asked. If 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 he's characterizing the injury as as precautionary, which Zach Taylor did, and and by all accounts, the AJ Green body language this time it wasn't dismay that we saw Mm-mm. at Welcome no, Field no. in Dayton last year. It wasn't frustration. It's yeah, I, this this is going to keep me out for the day, and I'm a little annoyed, maybe. Yeah, and that was it. it, it he was. You could tell he was testing it i mean and he was testing it for minutes not not seconds you're talking 10 15 20 minutes where he's stretching it and bending it and, and running on it and cutting on it and still quick not just limping around but the key to any injury isn't the day of it's how does it feel tonight yeah. how you know as in monday night how does it feel tuesday how does it feel wednesday and you hope he he went in straight to to the facilities and got some therapy on it right away and they can already start the the healing process because, like I said, hamstrings can be uh, can can stink and they can linger for sure. The the other thing that if you're just looking for a reason to be optimistic about the injury is that they they didn't immediately pull him off the field. They didn't get ice on mm-hmm. it or anything. That they weren't doing any immediate treatment on the field. So while I agree with you that he probably went back into the stadium and got it worked on a little bit it wasn't anything so pressing as that they felt like they had to immediately address it, which points to it being not as serious as, as you might fear. Unfortunately for Rennell Wren, it looks like it was serious as practice came to a halt and the music went off and it was just quiet as the team went down, many of them to one knee while Wren was carted off the field with what looked to be a serious leg injury. He was recently activated from the, non-football injury list had an injury last year and unfortunately looks like he might be down for some time it was awful and this was after the aj green tweak and that happens and you're right music shut off a hush in in a a practice field that you know was loud ish but there's 10 less guys on that field than normal because the Bengals only have 80 guys on the roster and obviously, media is on the whole other end of the field, so uh, no fans. So it, it's normally a, a quiet, you know, or it's quieter than normal anyways. But, uh, yeah, it was instant silence. Guys dropped to, to one knee, and uh, they, they patted Ren on the shoulder. And it's just, you hope it's not as serious as it looked. But it, it was clearly a leg injury. He, he was uh, upset, and, and uh, you know, ho- hopefully this is all for not, and it's not nearly as bad as as it looked. But uh, it it certainly didn't look good, Jake. And it's unfortunate for a variety of reasons. Obviously for Ren, but obviously the the Bengals have had their issues at defensive tackle, and they thought they solved them. And now that opens up a whole nother can of worms when you're talking about the men in the trenches. It'll be tough for them to address really what amounts to. Andrew Billings snaps. They they never really went out and found a guy that played the 300 plus nose tackle snaps that Billings did last year. Even if you look at DJ Reader, and I had this conversation with John Sheeran on Twitter today, Reader last year wasn't playing much true nose tackle. He was playing a lot of three tech, a lot of five tech. 
in that Houston defense. So despite the fact that we talked about him as a nose tackle for months now, and, and that's likely where the Bengals will use him in certain packages, they have not replaced the 300 snaps from Andrew Billings. So, so there is still potentially, you know, unless it's one of these college free agents that have gone on the roster, if Andrew Brown kicks inside, th- there's potentially room for one more interior defensive lineman on this roster, depending on how things shake out. The other unfortunate news is that Ronnie Anderson was released after he failed his physical. He has not been able to get healthy from his, what, third torn ACL last year in the preseason that he suffered. And it's just a really sad story. I I really hope that he gets healthy. He gets another shot somewhere and and he can make some money in the NFL because he's got loads of talent and has been incredibly unlucky with injury. And and they, they just needed to make a spot for Bryce Sturk. Because, you know, you got to clear a spot for Sturk. No, it, it's unfortunate. You can't help but feel bad for Rodney Anderson because I think he worked really, really hard. I, I saw um, the Bengals sent me some photos of him, one that I used for his release, you know, or waved story. And he's ripped. Like, the dude is in shape. He looks like he could be a stud. And we obviously know his talent. And he flashed it in the preseason. And unfortunately, he hasn't been able to stay healthy. So, Jake, I, I 100% agree. I root for... Guys to have success, especially ones that have have been forced to overcome a lot of adversity, and that's something uh, Anderson has uh, kept a good attitude throughout. And you hope he can have success here with uh, some team, non AFC North team, in the uh, in the 2020 season. Up next, we're gonna dive into the man number nine, Joe Burrow. How did he look with the media in attendance? Was the pressure of the media too much for the number one overall pick we'll dive into that next but first a word from rock auto and with the ever increasing number of car makers and models and different uh i I just purchased the toyota corolla did you know they have five different kinds jake an s an se an sel all these different kinds well if i need to get and i do actually speaking of filters i need to get filters for this toyota corolla because no one knows how to change their filters and they're dirty and you're breathing all this bad air guess where i'm going to get them from rockauto.com because instead of going to the chain store i can go to rock auto and shop from the convenience of my own home i don't even got to put on pants when i order filters for my 2014 toyota corolla at rock auto and they cost much much less than they would at the chain store. They have everything you could ever need for your vehicle, over 300 different car makers. So Daewoo, Toyota, Honda, doesn't matter. So don't hesitate. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts that they have for your car or truck. And be sure to write locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. 
Today was the first day for most of Cincinnati media that doesn't work for the Bengals to get their first look at Joe Burrow in a Bengals uniform in person. And James asked a question before the break. Did the media pressure affect Joe Burrow? And as I'm sure all of you were thinking when James asked that rhetorical question, obviously Joe Burrow probably didn't notice the media was there. I mean, you talk about pressure that's going to impact Joe Burrow. You watch the Clemson game, you watch Alabama, you think you think some guys standing behind an end zone are going to impact Joe Burrow? No way. He had a perfect seven-on-seven seven period. He made maybe one or two inaccurate throws the whole day by all reports I've heard and made a few beautiful throws. The one thing that's interesting that, that I think we have to keep an eye on, James, as this week progresses is, just like last year in camp, the Bengals are not going deep early in the training camp period. They didn't. No, not much at all. And you wonder how much it had to do with Green. Does it have to do with Ross not being there? What was the case there? But to me, I think this would make a lot of sense early on because talking about the first two weeks of the season, Jake, who do you got? Well, you got Miles Garrett. You got Melvin Ingram. You, you got Joey Bosa. Guys that are probably going to beat up on Jonah Williams. You know, and I'm not trying to be mean to Williams and certainly beat up on Bobby Hart or Fred Johnson. So why not get the ball out of Burrow's hands quick? and easy, and then start to install some of that other stuff later. Start with the basics. So I wouldn't be shocked at all if that's their, maybe not exactly their logic based on opponent, but just easing him into things. I agree, though. He can spin it. Uh, it certainly has, uh, t- you talk about arm talent, and that's something that you know some have knocked with the arm strength. I don't know about that because we didn't see a lot of deep balls, but he was accurate a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. And uh, I think that's going to uh, translate right away this season. There's just effusive praise over his accuracy, over his ball placement from guys like Jay Morrison, who's a veteran beat writer, right? And Paul Daner tempering that enthusiasm a little bit by saying it's one practice. We're not going to draw any conclusions. But Jay Morrison saying, you know, it looked different. Andy Dalton, for all of his virtues, had some sporadic issues with accuracy. And Joe Burrow, according to Morrison, is just delivering perfect balls in stride hitting receivers in the hands right and and you got to see that in person and this isn't even you know john ross t higgins not even out there aj green for for a lot of practice not even out there today so uh, establishing a good rapport with tyler boyd as you would expect after the way he used justin jefferson at lsu sounds like he handled pressure better than ryan finley did sounds like ryan finley would have taken four sacks today so whether that's on finley or, or if that's just on a second team offensive line you know, hard to say, right? Because they're still going up against guys like like uh, Carl Lawson out there. But the things that you want to see from Burrow in this kind of setting in a non-padded practice, he's checking the boxes, right? There's only so much that you can really observe, especially from where you're standing, right? We're, we're taking the word of guys like Xavier Suofilo and, and uh, Mike Jordan that he's commanding the huddle. And then from what we can see, which is how's he handling accuracy? How's he moving? How's the, how's the velocity on the ball? Those things all look good. And you mentioned what some of his teammates have said. Sam Hubbard with really the, the best compliment I, I could have heard. And obviously, you know, they were teammates at Ohio State. They're close. They hang out. So when Sam met with the media, he knows what he's doing here. But I'm going to read you a quote. He said, he's, as in Joe, has really impressed a lot of the guys with how he's walking around the building, his demeanor, how he's carrying himself, how he feels the sense of urgency to be a leader of the offense. I think everyone's been impressed with how he communicates, how he understands the offense. 
Because when the first team offense goes out there, it's a challenge. They're running on all cylinders. That's not something you'd expect with a rookie quarterback. That, to me, even if it's like 75% true, is great to see. And it does align with what Mike Jordan said, what Xavier Suofilo said. And, and when you, like to me, if I'm a veteran, it doesn't matter your age, Jake. If, if you see this rookie quarterback has the, the swag in him, the dog in him that so many of these guys have talked about, and is, is also has the, the arm talent and can have the, the processing ability to go out there and compete right away, it is going to motivate you to, to work harder and, and show up to work uh, earlier and, and get everything done because you think you have a real shot to be successful this year. So I hope it's the case. I hope it isn't lip service. And uh, much like it, it's been all off season, and now it, this training camp, it's been very consistent praise from Joe Burrow and, and multiple people saying pretty much the same thing about the young man. Yeah, that's that's what's consistent, right? Is is Mike Jordan saying, you know, he, back at Ohio State, we had to yell at him to be more assertive in the huddle. That's not an issue at all now. Everything's crystal clear, right? Talking about a specific item of communication in the huddle that we know Joe Burrow has worked on. He, he worked on it with his dad. He worked on it yelling at the wall of his basement of his parents' house in, house in Athens. And, and then you have a guy like Xavier Suofilo who's coming from Dallas where – you know, he has no familiarity. He's never been to the Midwest before, except maybe to play a, a football game. And he's saying, you know, sometimes I forget he's a rookie. And this is a guy that's brand new to the team. And yeah, there's a lot of overused, trite sayings in there. But at the same time, when enough of these guys are saying it from different parts of the organization who have been with the Bengals for differing amounts of time, it, it starts to mean something. And now, what, what that means on the football field, well, that remains to be seen. The Bengals put on pads tomorrow. So let's see what happens when guys start hitting each other a little bit. But, James, you were there. So you got to watch him. What were the most impressive plays or, or single things? Like, let's focus on a single aspect of what impressed you with Joe Burrow today. It's funny because, you know, the, the first – you walk in and you're on this platform, which is obviously much, much different than you're used to. And I actually got this unique lens for my phone. And the first person I looked at after I turned the camera on was Burrow. And for the first probably 15, 20 minutes, all of the warm-up period, first 20 minutes of practice, I'm in on Burrow. And I'm watching the quarterbacks. And, I, and I'm just watching him. And he won. And this is such a small thing, but I, I do think it matters. The way he was interacting with his teammates, running from one side of the field to the other. So you're talking about 15 to 20 yards after he does his throws. He's going to the other side, and and he would run to, and do it. Uh, a couple times he would, uh, he ran the receiver route that the the guys were running that he was throwing. Um, it just little things like that that I, I think do matter. That I think the Brady's, the Breezes, they do, and, and can be contagious. And then when you when you watch him throw, I and I had multiple people turn to me like, man, he can spin it. It just looks a little different, I think. And I don't mean overpowering, but it's just crisp, clean. Maybe it's because it came from number nine and not someone else, but I don't think so. I think I can see the difference. And uh, it, it just – it looks – he looks the part. He really does. Now, is that going to lead to instant success? I don't know. But but there really hasn't been any hiccups. No, nothing I saw on Monday 
to to be concerned about. And and you better believe if I if I think there is something, I'm not going to be afraid to say it. I just I don't see anything yet. And once the pads go on, once they start scrimmaging, we'll uh, we'll certainly learn more. But uh, I, I've been impressed with them and like slants, things like that. Like some of the times you remember Andy like throwing passes to the flat to Geo and and their lollipops or uh, slants that might be a little off target or, or they're not crisp. All of that was crisp. All of it. I think he missed one throw to Joe Mixon. Um, that was a little low. Joe could have caught it, dropped it. Uh, but that's it uh, that I saw, uh, you know, where it was it, it just crisp the whole time. So, and you mentioned the seven on seven where he was perfect. Multiple people noticed that right away. How many rookies are perfect during seven on seven? And I get it. Seven on seven still matters. Yeah, I mean, just from an accuracy perspective, right? And that's one of the things. One of our listeners sent both of us a question independently. What are you, what are you actually looking for from Joe Burrow? And in my opinion, especially before pads are on, there's not much you can really take away from practices outside of how's he handling himself physically or the throws on target. And so today, yes. Tomorrow, let's see how he handles a, a little more contact for his receivers. Although, from, from what I understand, James, and I was reading some former players talking about this on Twitter, Defensive backs in practice, for what it's worth, are, are just getting in position. They're, they're generally not going to – they're trying to avoid contact with wide receivers, and, and that's how A.J. Green got hurt last year, right? Dre and, and A.J. play a jump ball, and, and, and A.J. lands a little funny. So that's what they're trying to avoid, I think, in a lot of cases. But, hey, great day one to the public for Joe Burrow. And, and there's a lot of other stuff going on too, and, and maybe we should talk about some of that coming up next. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Let's keep things rolling here on locked on Bengals and talk about a position group that we've discussed for months and actually years. The offensive line has been dreadful at PBS for quite some time. And Jake Xavier Suofilo taking all of the first team reps at right guard. We had uh, at left guard. And, and I think that there, I don't even think there's a competition at left guard. I think it's Michael Jordan. And, uh, and then Bobby Hart, all, all eyes on him and Fred Johnson, Bobby Hart getting all those reps at right tackle. So uh, your thoughts, your takeaway from, from hearing that, that Billy Price, even though he's gained weight, didn't get any first team reps. And Fred Johnson, even though he's uh, pushed for uh you know and played well at the end of last season it doesn't look like he's at least on one day getting first team reps at right tackle i think we'll need to see what happens when the pads come on and see if we get a little bit more of a rotation when the the, the offensive line is actually blocking a little bit and and it's not just going through the motions to to some degree and, and the other thing to keep in mind is that 
Jim Turner last year became very notorious and known for put it, put it, putting different groups out there every day on the offensive line. And so we'll have to see if that's the same thing this year or if, it, if it's just going to be these five guys. And this is going to be the first team until Fred Johnson gets a chance. Now, I do think that Fred Johnson will get more chances to run with the ones. And so we'll see what happens for the rest of the week. But the fact that he didn't get a single shot today I mean, it might just be this Bobby Hart's day, but we won't know that for a couple of days. So that's something that I'm going to say, James, keep an eye on your right tackle. Not that you wouldn't, right? Because everybody's watching mm-hmm. right tackle. And I want to see a competition. I want these guys. I want Billy Price to get first team reps. Like, I, I do. Uh, and, and I want Xavier Suofilo to, to be offended and own the scrimmage and earn that job. It's the same thing goes for Bobby Hart and Fred Johnson. Like these guys, they need to earn it. And I think that's what's going to happen. I'm not going to, jump the gun here after one day uh, because here's the thing, Jake, I, I think there's something to say about consistency and to, to know, like if I'm Bobby Hart, I would love to know, all right, Monday and Wednesday, I'm going to get all the first team reps. And th- th- these are my days to show it. And then Tuesday, Thursday, if I'm Fred Johnson, all right, these are my day days to show what I can do. And then we'll split on Friday during the scrimmage. I, I think that's kind of a, uh, a realistic outlook, at least for the right tackle spot. Yeah. I think that's totally fair. And that, that also fits Jim Turner's style. And the thing about any, any, you just can't draw conclusions from one day of training camp. This is the first day that, that the media has been in there. I really miss open camp though, James, because the, the ability to, to get closer to the players is sorely missed. You're, you're, you're missing that, that I'm going to use the word intimacy here, even though it's it's probably not the right word, but that, that close contact to, to hear what's actually going on between these players. But that doesn't mean that you can't observe some other things and, and some really interesting observations on the defensive side of the ball in the linebackers in particular. And I thought that it was kind of cool that Logan Wilson getting snaps with Josh Bynes, instead of seeing a, a Logan Wilson and Jermaine Pratt package, Wilson's out there with Bynes. So it might be that right now, they need Bynes' experience and leadership out there calling the plays, getting everybody set up right if, if that's the way they're going. But I guess we can't really tell from far away. You can't. There's a lot you can't tell. And I, I do miss open camp. And it it's tough. I don't want to jump to conclusions either, right? Maybe Jermaine Pratt's going to be in there on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. But it is interesting. And I do think, I think to, to Lou Anarumo and what he said about LaShawn Sims, now he's kind of just like reliable and you know where he's going to be. Maybe they feel that way about Josh Bynes. And maybe that's something Jermaine Pratt is going to have to show. Um, and maybe Logan Wilson, and let's flip it on the, the other side. Maybe Logan Wilson has shown that, that he can be reliable. Maybe not. Um, but but you you certainly hope that these younger guys by midseason, and, and I keep harping on that, by midseason are pushing in that linebacker room for starting jobs. The other thing could be that is day one of whatever was open to the media and it was just a rotation, right? That That's the problem yep. with trying to read into anything is that all this stuff just might mean nothing at all. And yeah, day one of, of not training camp. That's the thing. I had someone say, AJ got hurt on day one of training camp again. I'm like, no, dude, he's been practicing for weeks. <laughs> it's not day one. It's just the, unfortunately day one of the media being there that we covered it. Yeah. And if, if the media wasn't there, you you wouldn't hear about this at all and he would still be walking back and forth on the sidewalk so anybody who's actually paying attention to the comings and goings of players from paul brown stadium to the practice facility across the street would be able to see oh aj's going out there everything's fine 
Yeah, it would have been like T. Higgins, right? Where yeah. Unless a player spills the beans, Zach Taylor is going to strategically make sure he doesn't mention anything and, and you can hide it. And that's that's really going to be the key over the next few weeks is it's the media's job, obviously me included, to figure out stuff like that um, and, and do it from a distance. Because even though we're at the field, we're still – yards and yards and yards of probably a football field length away depending yeah. on which field they're on so it's uh my binoculars were were used very very i used them a lot and i, I also got a a 22 powered lens for my phone so that's why i was able to get a little video and pictures so in case you didn't need a reason or in case you did need a reason i guess to follow james rapine on twitter <laughs> go, go follow him so that he can justify this 22x lens that he bought uh speaking of T Higgins real quick and AJ green going out Mike Thomas, apparently the first guy off the bench to play outside receiver. And this was before AJ green even went down. So it was AJ and it was Mike Thomas with, with Boyd in the slot. Sounds like they're running a little bit more of the five men in the pattern kind of stuff on offense. At least it showed up a couple times. It was noteworthy to, to people writing today. I saw a video of some extra RPO practice, but how about Mike Thomas? It sounds like he was pretty good. He he was good. He looked he he, he looked like he had great burst, uh, great feet. And look, I, I don't want to fall in love with one camp practice, um, but but I know Dan Horton and Dave Lapham took notice of him last week, and he really looks like a guy. I mean, it's not like he's giant. I believe he's six foot six one. You wonder if he could do outside and kick into the slot and be be versatile for you if you need him to do that. And if you do, where does he fit into this wide receiver room? Because clearly the coaches feel a little better about him than I, than I think the general consensus. And Zach Taylor has a history with him. Uh, he's a talented kid. I was surprised he fell to the sixth round back in 2016. Uh, and if he you know if he puts it together, maybe he does end up being a a contributor at some point this season. Um, but I, I am a little surprised that he's this, even with all the losses, right, with Ross out, with Higgins dealing with something. I, I'm surprised that he got the fielding and got those reps on the first team. I mean, ahead of Auden Tate, ahead of Alex Erickson, guys that have been around, guys that have some actual production on offense in the NFL, more more so than Mike Thomas. But to your point, may, maybe that size and, and the agility plays to his advantage a little bit in an offense that relies on essentially – more slot receivers than, than are actually on the field because of the way that they stack players and the way that they do releases and some of the some of the packages they run. Even if you're technically an outside receiver, you're you're in a lot of cases in this offense kind of like an extra slot receiver. So maybe that's something else in his favor. I totally think it could be. I mean, you, you talk about route running quickness. Those aren't things that Auden Tate is is great at, right? He, he's great at... Uh, catching um and, and awkwardly catching it feels like and contorting his body and catching in traffic and things like that and, and i'm not downplaying it i think Auden Tate's a, a good player but you wonder if that's just not what they're looking for or maybe it was just one day and, yeah. and tomorrow Auden Tate will will get first team reps so again we keep prefacing it with that because obviously we want to react right jake at the same time uh this could go all out the window by by friday in, in friday scrimmage yeah, every every time we say something, I guess just in the back of your head, and I'm saying this at the end of the episode now, but every time we say something about a training camp practice, I want you, the listener, to say, "Oh yeah, but it was one day." So so let's see if it's a trend before 
you know, unless we tell you it's a trend. And and then we've we've identified, hey, Auden Tate's only getting out there in certain packages on third downs. That's how they see him. They're they're treating him kind of like a, a a split tight end. And and that's gonna be his role. He's gonna be out there to create mismatches as a giant wide receiver. Or oh, that was that was Mike Thomas's day. Tomorrow's Auden Tate's day. We'll find out very soon. Who has more catches this season? Auden Tate or Mike Thomas? Pressure's Whoa. on. Pressure, pressure, pressure. Auden Tate. Yeah, I would I would say that too. Let's not overreact too much. <laughs> yeah, get, get, ask me again in like three weeks, and uh, I'll get back to you. Yeah, how does he do in the, the scrimmage? You know, how do those guys yeah. do in the scrimmage? Uh, I'll give yeah. you an answer Friday night. I can't wait for that scrimmage. I wish they would find a way to broadcast it, but I, I don't think that that is likely. I think we, I think we would have heard about it by now. Regardless, James will be back at camp tomorrow. I will be scouring Twitter for all the videos and notes from all the media members that are in attendance. And we'll be back tomorrow with another training camp report. Until then, Bengals fans, who day and have a good one. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.